WelcomeDanielsWindow.org, coronavirus, the wrath of God, the wrath of God. Is this the wrath of God? We talked about this as the judgment of God, which is different from the wrath of God. Is it wrath of God? Wrath means a complete anger. Wrath means a complete fury. A, a fury, yeah, fury, fury. And so is this the wrath of God going on right now? I'll tell you right offhand, no, it's not the wrath of God. But uh, let's talk about it. Revelation 6, 15 through 17. This is the King James Version. It says, And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and rich men, and chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man, hid themselves in the dens and the rocks of the mountains, and, and said to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us, hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath is to come, is come, and who shall be able to stand? God poured out his wrath upon the Lord Jesus Christ for our sin. But once again, God's going to pour out his wrath, which means a day of anger, the day of the Lord. God is not, you know, God does have emotions, emotions. He does get emotional, but he's not led by his emotions, you know, like we are too often. God does have a day where he brings justice. God does have a day where it lets his anger go, but it's not on emotions. It's based on justice. But that wrath to come is not here yet. That wrath to come is 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 still is still to come and what i believe is called the seven year tribulation the first three and a half years is the wrath of the lamb wrath of jesus and there's the wrath of god um, i believe but that hasn't wrath these people are hiding themselves these people wishing they're going to die you know wish they would die which is doesn't even make sense but anyway because if you're because if you believe that god is going to kill you then wish you're going to die well, well well anyway let's go on to uh hebrews 9 uh Chapter 9, verses 27 through 28. Um, as, as in so much as is appointed for men to die once, and then after this comes judgment. We had talked about this uh, through that whole series, through this whole series here. You know, when we die, it's not the wrath of God. Any judgments is not the wrath of God. God's wrath is, a, is, is God's wrath in reaping in what we sow. There's, a, there's kind of a picture of God's wrath. It's not God's not angry. He's not flying off the handle. He's not losing his own religion. You know, <laughs> he's not foaming at the mouth. And you know, no matter what sin, he knows that we're capable. What how we're capable of doing. He knows that we're. You know, who's telling us we're naked? Remember, Adam and Eve sinned, and 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 they they hid themselves. And God asked them, says, "Who told you we're naked?" You know, because we're not in this itself. We know we had a tempter, which is Satan, and who who is tempting us. So, so God knows that we're not capable of doing it by ourselves. But nevertheless, we are responsible for for saying yes. Let's go along with what the devil says. Galatians chapter six, verses seven through eight says, "Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit." Well, well, from the Spirit reap eternal life. Now, this is talking about, you know, eternal life or eternal damnation. You know, God is not mocked. If we're going to give God the finger, if we're going to thumb the nose and say we don't need the commandments, you know, God understands there is no commandments. And, you know, there is no right and wrong. There is no absolutes. You know, I can do what I want. There's many ways to God. It says God is not mocked. You're going, to have, you're going to face the fury of God, and the wrath of God is a place called hell. And if you go to hell, you're going to face the wrath of God, and you don't want to do that for eternity where it says the worm does not die, which means there is no you know, annihilation. There is no end to that imprisonment. And God didn't create hell for people. He created hell for, you know, angels, you know, keep, to keep them bound up forever because God doesn't end a spirit's life. God has to separate 
God does a lot of separation. So God has to separate those who want to bring corruption into his kingdom. And if we as people want to side with the devil, then God has to, because we, we are spirits too, whether be born again or not. If you're, if, you're not, if you're born again, you have a new spirit in Christ Jesus. If you're not born again, you still have a spirit, but it's not in Christ Jesus. It's just, it's just separated from God. And so hell is a place where God has to keep the angels and, and all the co his cohorts and, and all the people who choose to go with him to, to no longer um, to bring deception and deceive and to kill, steal, and destroy God's people. Because God is not necessarily sending you to hell because to punish you for a specific sin like we do. We send people to prison to pay for the sin. Well, you can't pay for your sin, you know, in, in, in hell. There's there's no amount of time that you can spend, you know, to pay to pay for hell. Because you're not going to hell just for the sin that you committed, but because that's who you are. You know, if, you know, what, some people like to say once an alcoholic or an alcoholic, and you can put any word in there you want. Once a thief, always a thief, once a, you know, whatever. But that's true when people no longer want to repent, when they become their behavior, when they become who they are and they don't care, then, then you're, put in, you're put into hell because that is who you are. And so and, be, and that's because who you are, you'll never get better. You'll never change. You'll never be transformed in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. And so that you have to put, be put away from the kingdom of God forever and ever because you refuse to change. It says a person who does not change does not fear God. But those who fear God, who fear the commandments of Moses, who fear the, the commandments of a uh, prophet, begin looking out for looking for a savior. And those who are looking for a savior uh, humble themselves because we're looking for a savior. We know we can't save ourselves. And God gives grace to the humble. And God gives grace to us. We receive Jesus Christ. We become a new creation in Christ Jesus. You know, we, we, you know, our old things have passed away and new things have begun. And then we, you know, and we begin putting things off. We're no longer those things we used, we used to do. We still, you know, we still have sin. We still need to put things down, even addictions and, and that kind of stuff. And sometimes we can even do evil things like Peter did by uh, uh, saying that, you know, denying Jesus three times. But, but we, it's a difference between becoming sin which jesus became sin because so that we could become the righteous of god but people in hell became sin that's became their identity that's who they wanted to be i don't want to be the sin that you know that i have repented of i don't want to be the sin of this world i want my identity to be in christ and thank god by the glory of god that I, my identity is in christ i'm a new creation in christ jesus and so are you who have thrown yourself upon the rock of jesus christ and cried out that you need a savior and by faith my grace through faith you have received new life and so galatians you know six seven eight but that's also talking about that we do this is just a that's just a, a rule here in, in life you know in this world even if you go to heaven you still will reap what you sow in this lifetime if we don't make the right choices you will still reap what we sow if you keep putting your hand to the fire you will get burned if you know and so there is a, a, so the scripture is talking about eternal life but this but there is a, a um, a principle here as well, like the wages of sin is death. Well, wages has different. You have you have a, a maximum wage, which is eternal death, eternal damnation. But you also have minimum wage. You know, people in this country we talk about raising minimum wage. So you have a sin. There's still death, but you're not getting the full death. You're not being sent to hell because of what you do. But you may get a, a wage of death of, of losing emotions of losing a wife of losing a husband because of what you've done because you're not treating them well or or losing a job because you're not showing up on time you will reap what you sow and so some people might consider that as a sort of wrath but god is not angry at us god is not angry because we mess up god is not angry simply because we 
because we sin. God gets angry on those who refuse to repent. God's wrath comes upon those who refuse Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. But that day has not come because until that day um, comes, then life goes on. God has set a day. You know, we uh, sometimes you hear prophets and different people saying God can't take anymore. God's not going to take anymore. And there is even a scripture where where Paul says God is not going to, or uh, God is not going to uh, uh, take things lightly anymore. But God hasn't come to the end of His rope. God has set a certain time and a certain place to make judgment, and that and that time and place will come without God losing His cool. But we don't want to have the God's wrath now, because I don't believe. For the most part, 99% of the time that God's wrath is going to be seen um, on this side of uh, what I believe is the tribulation. But there is a sign of God's pre-wrath. God does have, have a wrath in our lifetime. Um, he does have it happen every once in a while. And you can read this in Acts 12, verses 21 through 23. It says, On appointed day, Herod, having put on his royal apparel, took a seat on the rostrum and began delivering an address to them and the people kept crying out the voice of god and not of a man and immediately an angel of the lord struck him because he did not give god the glory and was eaten by worms and died an angel of the lord struck this dude because he didn't give glory to god people were saying you're a god you're not a man and he took the glory for himself and you know i can't tell you that i have a complete understanding of why this particular person you know was was we know was was killed by this this the, the angel of the Lord, um, because there's other people that's kind of seen what done done that and they're still living. But man, this was the wrath of God. I mean, every man is given once to, to live and die. But sometimes God, choo- you know, it may choose that you die earlier than 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 you really wanted to. And this is where an angel of the Lord. This wasn't Satan. This wasn't the devil, right? This wasn't the devil like we read in Job where the devil made somebody sick or the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. This was God sent an angel of the Lord that struck him down, okay? So so I don't want you to be afraid of these things. We don't want to be afraid of God. We want to have the fear of the Lord, which but we don't want to be afraid. We want to have a reverence and awe of the Lord. We want to know of his great power and and and, and honor him. But but this isn't the only place. This is the only place where the what I call God's pre-wrath is shown. We also find in Acts chapter five verses one through eleven. I'm not going to read it, but it's about two real estate people, <laughs> kind of Ananias and Sapphira. They you know people were selling land because you know Jesus gave this prophecy that ne- that Jerusalem would be ransacked, or that not even a um, uh, any stone would be even left on top of another in Jerusalem, which did happen in 70 A.D. And so, so um, Jesus had gave this prophecy, and the disciples remembered it, and they kept telling the people in there. And so, there came a time where the where the Christian church had to leave Jerusalem because they knew this prophecy was about to take place. And so, people were selling their land, and to get some of the poor people, the people couldn't afford to move out of there. And we find out from Josephus, who was a historian back during that time, that he said there wasn't any Christians in Jerusalem when it was ransacked. So people were selling whatever they needed to to get everybody out. Well, Ananias and Sapphira wanted kind of the glory of this. You know, they had some extra land too, and so they decided, hey, we're going to sell some land and give give some money to the church. And so they, you know, they told Peter and told the church are going to do that. The, the problem with that is when it came when they sold the land, they didn't bring all the money. They had told you know Peter and and they told the church that they're going to bring all the money. But besides, they decided to keep some back. You know, that real estate investment type thing going on there. But they come in, and, and Ananias uh, was the first person, and and, and gave the money, and, and Peter says, "Is this all the money?" 
you know, and Ananias said, yeah. And God, and Peter's going, are you sure? Are you positive? Because you, you're not lying to flesh. You're lying to the Spirit of God. And Ananias, you know, is saying, oh, yeah. And it says the Holy Spirit struck him, you know, that or not to the Holy Spirit, but it, it says the life left him. So God pulled back his life, and Ananias dropped and was dead as dead as can be. And the sapphire came back in, uh, came into the church, and, you know, a few hours later, I guess it was, after they had buried, you know, uh, Ananias and Sapphira came in and Peter asked uh, Sapphira the same thing. Did your husband really sell this land for this amount of money? She said yes. And he said he's sure because death is right out the door. And she said yes. She followed through with her lie. You know, she believed her own lie. That's a problem. You know, if you want to be confident around people and you're going to be a liar, you have to believe your own lies, which leads to death. And Sapphira, boom, life was taken for her and she dropped. That's kind of like the pre-wrath. I mean, that was just boom. It wasn't Satan killing her. That was life taken from her. And I did talk about Luke uh, 11, 45 through 51 is where Jesus is talking about 70 AD when there wasn't going to be a stone left upon a stone in Jerusalem. And ever since then, we've had cities and nations have fallen on this side of the cross. Even when Jesus was, you know, resurrected and sent at the right hand of the Father, we see throughout the last almost 2,000 years, we've seen cities and nations completely wiped off the planet of the earth like uh, Pompeii whatever. They were a very sexual-oriented uh, um, a city. I mean, and a volcano blew up and there were people that were died in positions I don't even want to talk about because they had given themselves over. You know, they became sin. They became their sexual sin. That's what, that's who their identity it was. And that's and they didn't care that their identity was. That that's who they wanted to be and that's what they did. And when you get to that point, there is nothing left. There is, you know, if you refuse to repent, repent, there is nothing left. So that was, uh, uh, I believe, a, um, a wrath of God on this side on this side and you may disagree with me and okay i'm i'm fine with that i have no you know i'm not going to get an argument with anybody but first as <clears throat> excuse me first thessalonian chapter 5 verse 1 through 11 how to avoid how to avoid god's coming wrath <clears throat> now as the times and the epochs brethren you have no need of anything to be written to you for you yourselves know full well that the day of the lord will come like a thief in the night while they are saying peace and safety then destruction will come upon them suddenly like labor pains upon a woman or child and they will not escape but you brethren are not in darkness that the day would uh would overcome you like a thief for you are the sons of the light and sons of the day hallelujah we are not of the night nor of the darkness remember god satan is the, is the god of of this world this god this world is full of darkness and and we are in the kingdom of god which is full of light we are children of the light so we are not of the night nor of darkness so then let us not sleep as others do but let us be alert and sober let's be alert and sober he's not talking about going out you know and quit drinking we need to we, you know if you're getting drunk that's a sin excuse me that's a sin too but the soberness is, is you know, we can be drunk on anything. We can be drunk on riches. We can be drunk on our job. We can be drunk on uh, about having a better and better life today and not caring about tomorrow. We can be drunk that God is protecting us and, and, and screw everybody else. Sorry for that word. <laughs> you know, and uh, we can be drunk on a lot of things. 
And he's telling us to be alert and sober because if we're drunk on whatever we're giving ourselves to, if it's not the Lord Jesus Christ, then we could easily be drunk and not, and not be aware when the thief comes in or not be aware when the sickness and disease come in. For those who sleep, do their sleep in the night. But those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we are the day, let us be sober, having put on a breastplate of faith and love as a helmet and the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath. But for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another, just as you are also doing. So you want to avoid the wrath of God? Then turn to Jesus. Look at him, that he will save us from the wrath of God. I do not believe the sickness is the wrath of God, because when the wrath of God happens, it happens quickly and it's definite. You know, we see in the Old Testament when they, when a tribe, and, and, or not the tribe, but some groups of those tribes, clans, I guess, came up and you know and, and wanted to start leading and throw Moses out. You know, they it says the earth opened up and swallowed them. That's the wrath of God. Okay, the only witnesses were the ones who were <laughs> witness what God did. All the all the, the guilty people, boom, they were gone. That was the wrath of God. And so the wrath of God was put upon Jesus for our sins. And so those of us who put our complete 100% trust and surrender our life to Jesus, we will not face the wrath of God in this lifetime or the lifetime to come. And so it says, go on, it says, uh, therefore encourage one another and build what up another just as you are also doing. So we need to encourage one another that this is not the wrath of God. We need to encourage one another that we're not given to the wrath of God. We need to encourage one another God is going to deliver us from his wrath. We need to encourage one another that, that, that God will, can also and is well able and well willing to keep us from this coronavirus. So thank you for listening to these 13 part series, Daniel'sWindow.org, where we watch and we pray.